Hello and welcome to Next Slide Please, the podcast which takes you on a journey into management consulting. My name is Tobias Stahl. I'm working for Strategy Engineers, which is a Munich-based but globally active management consulting firm. And in the last episode, I introduced that I would be talking about internships and why I think that an internship is actually a good experience and worthwhile doing, especially management consulting. And at the end of that episode, I indicated I would pick up this line of the internship with actual interns that we have had. And today is the first episode where I'm going to talk to a former intern, and that's Louis Neff. Louis, welcome to Next Slide, please. Hey, thanks for having me. So you had the pleasure to support us end of last year. Um, that's right. Since then, a lot has happened. How's the racing and how's your new team? Pretty good, actually. I just came back from Spain, um, did a shorter mountain bike stage race over there, four days and each day between, let's say, 35 and 70 kilometers of racing. And all for my newly founded team um, together with Rose Bikes called Rose Racing Circle. And of course, it's a lot different racing for your own team than just signing a contract <laughs> and do what you have to do is of course motivation wise it's different because it there's no pressure from outside but even more pressure let's say from yourself which can be worse but for me i think it's a good <laughs> thing um and of course there are a lot of additional tasks um Yeah, regarding planning and organization, management of the whole team, management of the sponsors, material, booking and everything. That sounds very exciting. And for everybody just dialing in, you know that apparently Lewis is a mountain bike racer and you do that quite professionally. So you are among the, well, the top group in Germany, at least. And thereby, of course, it was quite interesting when you applied for an internship at a strategy consulting firm. Now, Please be honest. How much did the internship harm your training performance? Of course, there was an impact on my training, especially regarding the volume. And also due to the almost fixed working hours, which are not so fixed in consulting, but still, um, I could not train as I used to do when I was studying at university. So for sure it was different and I compensated it with trying to do my training as efficient as possible and mm -hmm. maybe just do one hour of training before work because I used to start at, let's say, half past eight. So there was quite some time in the morning to do some training and then maybe go to the gym or do a quick run after work. So I could kind of balance it a bit, but still it was different than in university. Yeah. Yeah. And still, I think a good investment into your future to do something else than mountain biking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because that's, that's for, <laughs> for disclosure and for content, um, I used to ride bikes as well, not on that level, but um, I think I have an, an understanding of what it means. And ultimately, there will be a point in time where your racing skills will just be, well, not competitive anymore. And then it's quite helpful to be able to do something different. 
than only riding bikes. Um, even though yeah. that's amazing fun. <laughs> that's true. And I'm well yeah. so aware let's of talk. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's uh, apparent. And I, I'm happy you are. <laughs> But still, all the best for your racing this year. Um, I think it's Thank always you. a pleasure to, to see you race. Um, we had the opportunity at the German National Championships in Cyclocross in, in Munich. That was quite, quite oh, entertaining, right. yeah. I must say. Um, and we actually had a couple of colleagues on the track. Um, and I think that's always, always a good spirit and a good sign if someone is interested in what is my coworker actually doing when they are not busy working. Um, and I think you added something to the team, which we have never had before. I think we've got a lot of uh, the skiing instructor um, branch, but mountain bike racing, I think we haven't had before. That was, was a great addition. <laughs> <laughs> But now talking about the internship, Luis, um, let's get started. When did you decide that you wanted to do something in management consulting, that this would be, would be interesting for you? Um, I think this was kind of a longer process, which started maybe at the beginning of my master's at university mainly due, due to talks with colleagues or also university groups and i figured out that the kind of how you work in consulting could be fun to me or yeah could suit my capabilities and then kind of a thinking process started how this is possible with a mechanical engineering degree and which consultancy could be the best fit for what I like to do. And mm -hmm. then I think the actual process of application started only maybe two months in front of the internship. So I did mm -hmm. a lot of thinking and kind of my, um, as I'm not so fixed in what I want to do after my master's, I decided to do an internship in consulting and then do the master thesis in a really hands down technical field. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at university, so kind of have both sides. So have the as economically focused as it can get for a mechanical engineer. And then on the other side have the yeah, deep dive technical research that you can do as an engineer. And so this um, all started with the internship application and I was looking for a consultancy where I can still have a kind of a technical focus because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what's interesting to me and that's why I'm studying mechanical engineering. Um, and also I wanted to be in a rather small consultancy because mm -hmm. I thought I could mm -hmm. maybe get more together with the people working and be a bit more flexible maybe than it would be in a big one. Yeah. Do you have a reference for a big company and how that works in a big company? Um, I do have. In fact, one of my colleagues just started at McKinsey. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. last week actually and so i quite yeah i got some experience from from him or just 
to uh, through the talks and all the networking events and everything he did. So you have you have built your impression, and apparently you have been doing internships in the industry before. Um, you've been at Porsche, right? So that yes, that's true. Exactly the opposite to a small company like Strategy Engineers, um, where probably your department that you worked in is a multiple the size of what we are. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Still, you decided for the small company, um, and apparently you didn't know about Strategy Engineers because we happened to know one another for. A number of years now. Um, yes. Yes. But what was it that triggered the the application? Because apparently I didn't talk you into doing the internship. But, no, you um, didn't. That's right. What did what did spark your interest? Um. To be honest, it maybe it actually was the name also because it was exactly that combination that I was looking for. So just strategy engineers and so combining both of that um, I thought would be the best fit for me and would exactly be what I want to get out of this internship to know how mm-hmm. work days can look like in a yeah technically or in a management consultancy that has a technical focus um and then of course due to the talks with you i think we had one very long phone call <laughs> and also i had a look at the website and of course i also applied to other consultancies but in the end i went for strategy engineers and we're happy you did so you said you applied roughly two months before the internship started um how did that process go mm quite straightforward I would say um, I just sent an email with my CV and then I think I got directly invited to two interviews mm-hmm. um, it, my application process was during summer so I think it can be even shorter than that and I think the actual application process was roughly one month but only mm-hmm. because in between the people I should have interviews with were on holiday. So I had one interview and then maybe two weeks later, the second one. And even before the first interview, I had this special, I don't know how you call it, mentor call or something like coaching that. Coach call. Call, yeah. Coaching call. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, with one of your colleagues. And... The, the interviews, I would say, are classical or typical consulting interviews, starting with a personal part, talking through your CV, and then um, exactly as mentioned in one of your other podcast episodes, um, with a case study after that. Yeah, yeah. So and then you got an offer and you joined so let's get to the right. to the actual core of it. What did you do in your internship and how did that go? Um, I was supporting an European Gigafactory project or the planning of an European Gigafactory. And mm-hmm. there I had a few different tasks. So the first one was to kind of develop a 
mapping algorithm between different cell chemistries for battery cells mm-hmm. and different applications. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are at the moment a lot of applications that need to or want to get um, electric and there are various battery cell chemistries and still a lot are evolving at the moment and Mm -hmm. not so there's not one lithium ion battery that just fits all applications and every application obviously has different requirements and every cell chemistry has different characteristics and capabilities and I want to develop a yeah algorithm or a matrix where you can see which chemistry fits which application best. Mm-hmm. And why was that important to the to the startup, the Gigafactory project? Okay, so if you're a Gigafactory project, I think the number one goal is to sell battery cells. And as there are different applications and different markets, and each application needs maybe a different battery cell, you need to produce the battery cells that suit the chosen application best. Otherwise, you won't sell battery cells. Um, So it is quite important to know which market to target. Um, Mm -hmm. And therefore, you need to know which battery cells to produce. And also, all different battery chemistries need different materials so mm-hmm. talking procurement you need to talk to yeah different suppliers if you're producing different battery cells yeah yeah fully agree that's um i think it's very interesting because everybody's like you said we want to go into battery but then comes the big question so which application how do we do it and how do we get there and with which technology and as there is quite some dynamics at the moment, I think it's yeah, it's remarkable what is going on. <laughs> and that's actually a great time to be in there. Now, you said that you study mechanical engineering and what you just described is rather something that is deep into chemistry. How did yeah. that go for you? Uh, yeah, so the first week was tough <laughs> because um, to be honest, I only knew that there are lithium ion cells and this is maybe state of the art but to Mm -hmm. be honest Mm -hmm. i didn't know if maybe not so i did a lot of reading and talked to a lot of your colleagues a lot of um, experts and also worked my way through former projects and through that i think i got an quite good overview what is the state of the art battery technology and what are the difference between uh, different battery chemistries. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And in the end, you actually took the opportunity to not only make that a tool for the project at hand, but you made something out of that that we're actually still using today with different clients. So we're using that to well inform our decisions. Um, mm-hmm. And now I've helped multiple clients, and I think that's the the best possible feedback you may get that what you develop and what you build is actually being used and refined and well, just continues to be a base for how we do business. Now we talked about 
purchasing as well uh, and talking about materials. That was your second and very much hands-on work stream, right? Yeah, that's true. So as mentioned for um, the battery cells, you need different materials and this is not as straightforward as you might, might think because it always depends on how far it's the battery material is already manufactured if you buy it. So for example, are you buying the really the raw material as a Gigafactory or are you buying the maybe the cathode material, already finished cathode material? So there are a lot of suppliers, but not all of them are suitable to your production process. So um, my task was, first of all, to find potential suppliers. And then I developed a rating scheme for the different suppliers, depending on where the material is coming from, how important the material is for the production process, because some of the materials are more important and more scarce than other materials. And also how many of the necessary materials can be supplied by that one supplier mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. order to have, um, yeah, not too many different suppliers, which makes it complex. Yeah. Or the yeah. whole process complex. Okay, understood. Then you have that prioritized list of suppliers. And what did you do with that? And then we started to approach the different suppliers, uh, which means we approach the most important and most promising first, because um, I think in the list in the end, there were over 200 suppliers for battery materials. And it would be quite inefficient to just go from A to Z. So we started with the one that can supply the most materials or um, has the most important materials at hand or also maybe has the shortest um, distance to the actual factory to yeah, have the, the least carbon dioxide footprint for the whole process. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just started sending out mails and asking them if they want to sell battery material to the Gigafactory. <laughs> um, yeah. Of course, most of them were interested in selling battery materials. Um, and then a quite new process for me started, which was the whole process of non-disclosure agreements. Um, because of course the suppliers don't want to, um, yeah, just give out information if not necessary on how much they can produce or how, uh, the contracts would look like. And also the Giga factory, um, startup doesn't want to give out those informations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's quite a, well, that's very much hands on first of all. And if I look at the, the overall project landscape that we have at Strategy Engineers, you have been very much down into purchasing, which we typically do not get too deep into. Um, so that was something new for us as well and a lot to learn there. Um, 
but it's, it always comes as it comes. Um, you're supporting the company and the client and then you figure, okay, we need to, to step into that. We need to get that going because time is critical. And of course the company, especially if it's a startup, um, they do not always have the right resources on board from the start. So what we did there was kind of the, the initial booster to get things started. And as you described, we have been very deep into the product technology, the cell chemistry. And by that, of course, we know what needs to be purchased in order to produce these goods. So that was quite a, yeah, that was a stretch also for us. Um, and apparently you did great in that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but that's, that's our perspective. What do, you, what do you take from the internship and from the experiences that you made? So first of all, um, there were never two days, I would say, that were the same in my inter mm -hmm. internship. Of course, it was only three months, but um, there was quite some variation in the task, which is maybe not suitable for everyone. But for me, it was very nice to have this kind of variation. And the second thing which was super nice to see for me was how quickly you can get such a wholesome market overview about the industry your project is in. So as I mentioned before, the um, I did know yeah, almost nothing about battery cell technology, but after the project, I would say I at least could talk to everyone how it is at the moment going in the energy sector or in the battery production. And I had this, just this overview about how the industry is, is working. And this was really nice to see. And I can only imagine how it is if you now do your second or third battery project. So how much knowledge you can transfer from the first one to the second one. And I guess then it really starts to make fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. agree <laughs> and a take home for me personally is of of course that I learned that you not only have to prioritize your tasks according you, to your own schedule but also according to the schedule of others and a lot of tasks are um, you're dependent on the time schedule of someone else and mm -hmm. if you're only at university and have your, say, your own exams or your own lectures and everything, you only have tasks that um, where you have to look out for yourself. So you can basically do it whenever you want to. And in consulting, as it's always said, and I would say uh, in my experience, it really is people's business. Um, you're dependent on other people. So sometimes it does not work to do the maybe most important, most complex tasks first on the day, because mm -hmm. maybe you just need feedback from someone else. And um, this gets even worse if they are working in a different time zone, for example. So you sometimes have to wait a whole day, even if the task can be done in five minutes. <laughs> yeah 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 that's um a good way to put it and actually a good learning because i think the that's one of the big challenges that you have not only in consulting but 
in many tasks and many jobs, you will benefit greatly from the ability to set the right priorities um, and make sure that your efficiency does not suffer from, well, the the environment of the project or the task at hand or whatever is involved in that. Yeah, mm. cool. And with that, again, I have to say thank you for the, the great work as an intern with us. Um, what's next for you now that you have done this? You said you're doing a master thesis, right? Yeah, that's correct. So I've finished all my exams now in my study course, and I only need to do the master thesis. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm working at the Fluid Mechanics Institute on a master thesis that's doing PIV measurements. That's a laser-based measurement on an artificial heart or the mit mm -hmm. mitral mm -hmm. valve of an artificial heart. Um, so it really is hands down um, fluid mechanics and engineering. As you said, that was your goal. So apparently yeah. that goal you have achieved successfully. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I but didn't I understand will. the word in the last sentences you said, but I, I figured it was about your master's thesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually wrong. I understood laser. Um, <laughs> Luis, that sounds fantastic. Um, I and we wish you all the best for that. And Thank you. Of course, we have to stay in touch not only for what you do after you have finished your studies, but apparently also for your racing. Um, mm -hmm. Best of luck with that. I know that there is a couple of nice races coming up, and um, yeah, keep the the rubber side down, as we used to say. <laughs> so Thank thanks you. for joining me. And um, yeah, all the best. Talk to you soon. And for everybody else, thanks for listening to this episode. And in case there is any questions, please do not hesitate and get back to me or any of my colleagues directly. And we are always happy. I think I need to put this in the end um, for good reviews, be that on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Because, you know, that helps others to find it as well. And hopefully the content is relevant. So thanks for the reviews and see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.